Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hunger for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. This podcast is sponsored by Kapili Solar Roofing and Painting. Building peace of mind one roof at a time. Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. And Tony Group. Visit the Tony Group in Hilo, Kona, and Waipio. Watching this is now. First today, we learning more. We are learning more details about the death of a 10-year-old girl in Wahiwa. And we have new video today of Thomas Bloss, one of the three people accused in Gianna Bradley's murder. This is video of him coming out of the sheriff's office this morning. Gianna Bradley was pronounced dead at her home on Karsten Drive in Wahiwa on January 18th. The Honolulu Medical Examiner determined the girl died from starvation, neglect, and pneumonia. Her parents, Brandy and Thomas Bloss, and grandmother Deborah Jerome, remain in custody and face second-degree murder charges, as well as charges of kidnapping and unlawful imprisonment. And for the first time, we're hearing from the biological parents of that child. It comes as the community rallied in her honor yesterday. Arben Gutierrez filed this report. People of all ages, including children, wore red and walked around the state capitol in Hulu-Hale to remember 10-year-old Gianna Bradley. I appreciate every single person that came out here to um, make the world aware of what's happening in our foster system. Amy Hart, Gianna's biological mother, was among those who took part in a march to remember her daughter when she says she was forced to surrender. They took her away from a happy, loving family because of an allegation, you know, and gave her to a bunch of monsters that took her life. Gianna's legal guardians, Brandy Bloss and her husband, Thomas Bloss Sr., along with Brandy's mother, Deborah Geron, were indicted on 16 counts in connection with her death, including endangering the welfare of a minor and two counts of murder. They conspired to keep her bound, feeding her only minimally, forcing her to sleep in a box and urinate and defecate in a bucket. Court documents say Brandy Bloss and Deborah Geron exchanged a photo showing Gianna's body bound with duct tape, with a black covering duct taped over her eyes and forehead. Gianna's biological father was also at the rally. The kids cannot suffer. Nobody should suffer like this. The kid or the parent. This hurts. It really hurts. It's a lot. I could have done more. I should have been there. You know, just that. But, yeah, I, I had. <sighs> Some of the signs at the rally put the blame on child welfare services. The state tells Hawaii News now that social workers don't continue making visits once a foster child is under legal guardianship, which was the case with Gianna. It seems like C uh, CWS is not doing enough, and so unfortunately they're the only ones who got attention because they died. But how many more kids are out there that are living that way? Uh, we just want everybody all around the world to take these cases serious. We done heard it case after case, and it's like at this point it's like, what are we going to do now? The ralliers marched from the capital to Honolulu Hale, where they got the support of Mayor Rick Blanchiardi. It's unimaginable. They have zero tolerance for uh, and if I had my way, 
I think I know how I would dole out the justice or the punishment for this. It would be the most severe punishment. A judge ordered the Blosses and Girona held without bail. I love my daughter. And people have their judgment and their sarcasm and whatever. They can beat me down at the end of the day and say what they want. But I know, and the man upstairs knows that I love my daughter. And then after I get my justice, that'll be my time to grieve. Ben Gutierrez, Hawaii News Now. Kansas City police say the shooting after the Chiefs Super Bowl parade is likely connected to a dispute that led to gunfire. One person was killed and 23 others were injured, many of them children. Charlie DeMar is outside Union Station where the shooting took place. Police say this tackle in the crowd after Wednesday's Super Bowl parade in Kansas City helped detain one of three people who may be connected to the shooting, two of them juveniles. Preliminary investigative findings have shown there was no nexus to terrorism or homegrown violent extremism. This appeared to be a dispute between several people that ended in gunfire. This was the moment rapid gunshots rang out at the gathering of close to a million people. Chiefs fans had to duck and run for cover as more than 800 police officers on scene sprang into action. I immediately told him, get down, get down, that shot's fired. And there were a bunch of kids and my sister and I were running, telling them, get down, get down. Lisa Lopez Galvan, a mother of two and popular radio DJ, was killed. More than 20 others were injured, most of them shot including nearly a dozen children. And I'd like to give you some good news today, that out of all of the children we have treated, we only have three left in the hospital, all of which will recover from the injuries they had yesterday. Thursday, police thanked the men responsible for the post-parade tackle, including Trey Filter, who was there with his family. There's a huge commotion. People are yelling, you know, get him, get him. I reacted without thinking. Police say they have recovered several firearms and their investigation continues. Charlie DeMar, CBS News, Kansas City, Missouri. A retrial has ended with a new verdict for two people previously convicted of beating a Kona Hotel security guard. Natisha Tautalatasi was found guilty of assault and Wesley Samoa was found guilty of reckless endangering. In 2018, both were seen on surveillance camera beating 63-year-old John Kanui at the Seaside Hotel. An appeals court threw out their previous attempted murder convictions and ordered a new trial because the jury was improperly shown video of Kanui paralyzed at a rehab center. He died two years later. Teltalatasi and Samoa were released and ordered to return to court for their sentencing in April. A moped driver who collided with a car last week in the Makiki area has died. The collision happened last Thursday on Baratania near Moku Street. A driver struck the 49-year-old man on the moped, who was then ejected onto the roadway. We're told he was not wearing a helmet at the time of the crash. He was taken to a hospital in serious condition, but deteriorated over time. It's still not known if drugs or alcohol played a role in this. This is the fifth traffic fatality on Oahu this year. The Biden administration is meeting with congressional leaders to brief them on new intelligence concerning Russian advances on space-based weapons. Skylar Henry has more. The launch of a Russian rocket last week carrying a top-secret military payload set off alarm bells in the United States. I am limited by how much I can share about the specific nature of the threat. 
I can confirm that it is related to an anti-satellite capability that Russia is developing. U.S. officials say Russia is developing but has not yet deployed a nuclear-capable weapon that would be used in space to destroy American satellites that would disable communication and could also impact military operations. This is not an active capability, but it is a potential one that we're taking very, very seriously. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, at the request of the Speaker of the House, briefed lawmakers about the situation Thursday afternoon. We are going to work together to address this matter as we do all sensitive matters that are classified. Congressman Mike Turner, the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, first revealed the threat in a tweet Wednesday afternoon. He's calling on the president to declassify the information so the U.S. can discuss the issue with its partners. We make decisions about how and when to publicly disclose intelligence in a careful, deliberate, and strategic way, in a way that we choose. We're not going to be knocked off that process regardless of what, in this particular case, has found its way into the public domain. Russia denies that it's developing nuclear weapons for space, something that would violate treaties signed with the U.S. Skyler Henry, CBS News, Capitol Hill. A judge has ruled against Hawaii's largest health insurer, saying HMSA's pre-authorization rules, quote, wrongfully infringe on the practice of medicine between the physician and patient. Judge Robert Kim called HMSA's reimbursement contracts with its doctors unconscionable and invalid. That's after a class action lawsuit led by Hilo doctor Frederick Nita, who said patients have been suffering because the insurer decides what to pay for. Nicholas Norton's father, Scott, joined the lawsuit before he died of cancer last year. His family says HMSA denied coverage for an MRI that could have found the cancer sooner. This particular decision is putting the decisions of your health care and your family's health care back to where it belongs, not some insurance agent or clerk or somebody else who doesn't know you, doesn't know your medical history. I just hope that there's some sort of justice and just something is done to make sure that this doesn't happen to any other family. That, that is my biggest concern. HMSA said this is a preliminary ruling and it has appealed. Negotiations between nurses and management at Kapi'olani Medical Center are scheduled to resume today. The nurses have been working without a contract since December 1st of last year. These negotiations come in the wake of a week-long nurses strike that started on January 21st. Earlier this week, members of the Hawaii Nurses Association testified at the state capitol urging legislation for mandatory nurse-to-patient ratios. Beautiful hula and the sounds of Hawaiian music filled the air at the Waikiki Shell today. That was a clip of Kumuhula Lemomi Ho performing for the new and revamped Kilohana Hula Show. Our Casey Lund has more. The Kilohana Serenaders are with us. Look at these beautiful ladies that we have. Uh, also have Kuhio Lua, Kuh, excuse me, Kuhio Lewis with us, the CEO for the Council for Native Hawaiian Advancement. Uh, shall we let them take it away, ladies? Will you play some melee for us as we as we talk about the show? Uh, debuting today, correct? Tell me a little bit about what we're trying to accomplish and, and what brought this about. Yeah, it's so important that Hawaiians have space in Waikiki. This is a demonstration of our culture, our art, 
Um, and and I feel it just feels good to be back in Waikiki in a meaningful way. Uh, all of these kupuna, all of our dancers. You know, at one time, every block that you traveled as you walked through Waikiki, you would hear Hawaiian music. So this is the beginning, I hope, to a transition where um, our, our culture is alive and well in Waikiki again. How are we able to offer this? This is the very cool thing. This is completely complimentary. It's a free show. How are we able to pull that off? Partnering with the city and county? Well, I mean, that's part of the, the fabric of our organization, you know, as being a nonprofit and also being a prime contractor for the Hawaii Tourism Authority. You know, being able to do this is mission aligned. And so we find the resources, we partner with people to make it happen. And so uh, tell me the details really quickly before we go. Uh, Sundays through Thursdays, what time? It's, it's every it's Sunday through Thursday. It's 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. here at the Waikiki Shell. Come check it out. It's for Kama'aina. It's for Malihini to come enjoy free Hawaiian music and hula. Yeah, very good. And uh, we want to make sure folks know if they want to learn more. Well, just come on down. What a treat we have for folks. Actually, it's almost Merry Monarch time. Oh, yeah. And that just got me in the mood right oh, yes. there. I love it. So awesome. <laughs> Can't wait to see that show. All right, here's a live look outside downtown Honolulu looking over towards Diamond Head. 75 degrees. We have a cold front moving through the islands tonight. Guy Huggy's going to have more on that after this. Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. Quick break. How's it on this Thursday? We've been tracking this cold front for the last week or so, and here it is. It's onto Kauai and Oahu this morning with scattered showers, maybe some spotty downpours, but we're not expecting it to be a big rain event. And slowly, this front will move on to uh, Maui County by this afternoon and maybe to Hawaii Island by this evening. And then once that front moves through, the winds will start to get stronger. They'll be building in from the north, and that's going to usher in a cooler, drier air mass. So that's going to happen across state by tomorrow, although some lingering showers likely affecting the east end of the state. So this is what we're looking at for today. Cloudy and damp for Kauai and Oahu this morning, slowly clearing by the afternoon. And then by the afternoon, Maui County and Hawaii Island will see those showers. Now the surf's going to be giant by this afternoon. It's going to be 25 to 35 in the country, 18 to 22 down on the west side. High surf warnings are posted. Make no mistake about it. This is a life-threatening situation. But the bummer is for the big wave riders, with the northerly winds coming in with the front, it's going to be largely unrideable. Stormy conditions up in the country. But if you live along north and west shores, beware, because it could be running up, could cause some coastal damage, uh, maybe some erosion, as well as run up on the roads. Might even affect traffic today. So the cold front will be hanging around today to some extent tomorrow, mainly for the east end of the state. But Kauai and Oahu will be drying up by tonight. And then cooler temperatures will come in with these stronger north-northeasterly winds and those northeastern winds will hold firm into the early part of next week. Thank you so much for that forecast. We want to honor now the life and legacy of a Pearl Harbor survivor. Sterling Kale was Hawaii's last resident Pearl Harbor survivor, and he recently died at the age of 102. Here's his story. 
Sunday, December 7, 1941, Sterling Kale was a 20-year-old pharmacist mate assigned to the U.S. Naval Hospital. He was wrapping up working a night shift when he saw military maneuvers and thought it was odd for a Sunday. But right then, an aircraft flew over his white right shoulder and gave him shutters, he said, as it banked, he saw the red meatball of the Japanese Empire, and then he knew that we were at war. He quickly jumped into action as chaos ensued around him. At one point, he dove into the burning water to save his fellow servicemen. So you can imagine, he, he knows that if he comes up, breathes that fire, boy, he's going to be destroyed. So he's down there searching for these guys on the bottom and everything and skins coming off and everything else. In all, he saved 46 men that day, but beyond Pearl Harbor, he also fought in the Korean and Vietnam Wars. His family announced Wednesday the respected veteran died at his IAEA home overlooking Pearl Harbor on January 20th. I describe my dad as um, a humble man that was very strong of character, uh, religious conviction, and uh, a leader among men. His son says it took his father many years to open up about his wartime experience. When he touches the Pacific Ocean, he immediately is brought back to December 7, 1941, the burning oil, the burning flesh, and boy, that just overcomes him like crazy. That PTSD and stuff last him all his life. Until one day at Pearl Harbor, he spoke to his grandsons and people started listening. From there, he volunteered countless hours with the Pearl Harbor Visitor Center, dedicating himself to keeping the memory of that day alive. Sterling Kale was 102 years old. Kale's memorial services will be taking place on March 7th at the Hawaii State Veterans Cemetery in Kaneohe. Welcoming now to the H&N Digital Center, our very own Stephanie Lum. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us, Steph. And I got to say, we really enjoyed your series, Journey to China, Hawaii's Connection. What was it like uh, to put that together? Oh, my gosh. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit emotional to actually see our 10-part series come to an end. It truly was an emotional journey, not so much because it was about, you know, personal discovery, discovering my family, getting to go to my great-grandfather's village in southern China, but discovering so many stories, telling the really emotional story about Kumu Hinale Moana Wankalu and how she embraced her Chinese roots and traveled to her ancestors' village. Also tasting the food. Oh my gosh, talking about Jungshan pigeon, even sandworms, which tasted like jello, by the way, oh, in, case, in case you're wondering, right? But, um, you know, all kinds of things. The power of the dollar in China. Um, you know, seeing where the majority of the ancestors of Hawaii Chinese came from. And it was just very eye-opening, very personal. And I can tell you that I probably reconnected with maybe about five, six, seven, or eight relatives that I had not known about or kept in touch with, and many more. There's a lot of phone calls that I got to follow up on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, safe to say maybe the story about your family connection, yes. was that your favorite one in this entire series? Oh, it's, it's really hard to pinpoint which one is my favorite one, but I must say that uh, I wasn't expecting 
reconnecting. I mean, there's no telling who will be waiting for you at the village. And so when I found out that there was a direct descendant of my great grandfather there, and that the fact that I got to meet him and his family, that was truly mind blowing for me, my, my mother as well. And we were just speechless. We couldn't believe that. It was so yeah. beautiful to see. And these stories are even more impactful when there is that personal connection. We spoke with you before the series launched. And you said when you got to China, you had a long list of story ideas yes. and that just kept growing. Tell our, our viewers about the process of what it was like for you to plan out the trip, oh going into it thinking, these are what we're going to tackle yes. and then discovering so much more. Oh my gosh. Well, first off, I mean, we did not, we've only heard stories about just, you know, all the surveillance in your face, the cameras, everywhere that you went, it's like facial recognition. And so I spoke with my photojournalist and in talking with the residents there, and hearing that this was, you know, just the norm, I'm like, okay, this is something that we really have to cover because, and bring this back to Hawaii, because this is not what we see here, you know? And so when we put that story out and we posted it, it got a lot of reaction because again, it is so eye-opening. Just the fact that there's cameras everywhere, that they track your every move, and then hearing from residents that it makes them feel safer, you know, and they don't really have a problem with it as much as we would here in America. Yeah. What were some significant challenges, if any, in the process of this entire series for you? Um, it was physically challenging, I won't lie. Um, we didn't really have too many days off, but the fact that there was just so much to cover, just the rich history, the beautiful scenery, the different types of people, the food, it was not that hard to want to go, go, go. And when I saw, you know, Corbin Gregory, our diehard <laughs> photojournalist, sleeping on the bus, I got to tell you, I let him be. I'm like, okay, you deserve it. That's fine. And so we kind of tag team. You know, I had my camera as well, as, as well did Corbin. And uh, I must say, you know, the video that we came back with was was pretty amazing. Not, not tooting our own horn, but just looking at it, it was just very, very breathtaking, capturing the views of these cultural sites as well. Yeah, yeah, it really was beautiful. Last question for you. Um, we got some lovely emails from viewers saying they enjoyed the story. What's your message to our viewing audience there who found something inspirational, found, learned something new? What's your message to them? Um, my message to them is that you can't have the next generation unless you have the original one. So go back and uh, you know find that fulfillment, find that connection before it is too late. I think that's why I, I have a greater sense of appreciation for my family, what my great grandfather and mother went through to pave this road for us here in America. That is why I am the way I am today. That is who I am. And I think when you trace your roots, you just feel a little bit more complete. So don't be afraid, you can do it. Venture out today. Our very own Stephanie Lum. We, we love you so much, Steph. Thank you so much. Uh, if you want to rewatch any of her stories, Journey to China, Hawaii's Connection, you can, of course, find them on hawaiinewsnow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, our Stephanie Lum. Thank you so much. All right, so the fashion world's version of the Super Bowl is just three months away. The 2024 Met Gala will adorn the steps of the New York Metropolitan Museum of Art on May 6th. Zendaya, Jennifer Lopez, Bad Bunny, and Chris Hemsworth 
a very unique bunch there, are <laughs> co-chairing the red carpet event with Vogue's Anna Wintour on May 6th. So in an Instagram text chain post, Vogue also announced the dress code for this year is the Garden of Time. So Ooh. officials say they expect attendees will be inspired to wear fairy tale-like outfits, including moody florals. Interesting to see what these celebs come up with, mm -hmm. or the designers, rather, I should say. Um, always Can love Imagine fashion. being on like a planning team with J-Lo. Oh, <laughs> extravagance. <I know. laughs> Let's end today with another look at the Kilohana Hula Show. Our Mahalani Richardson was there, and the crowd, it was absolutely amazing. Enjoy the sights of, and sounds of the Kilohana Hula Show. This podcast is sponsored by Kapili Solar Roofing and Painting. Building peace of mind one roof at a time. Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. And Tony Group. Visit the Tony Group in Hilo, Kona, and YPO. Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah. That's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha.